0: Before we get started with this edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, a couple things to talk about real quick. Fansharesports.com, they've been a great supporter of the Always Pressing podcast from the get-go, and they do NFL and PGA. I've mentioned them on this show and on the two-point conversion NFL DFS podcast. Great, great product they have going on over there. Right now, the early bird NFL package is running out soon, August 31st, to be in fact, to get the NFL season for $99.95. So go check that out over at fansharesports.com. Use promo code ALWAYSPRESS to get the discount for the season pass. Or to any package of their choice, get 25% off by using always press all one word, always press sports.com Also, go check out Thrive Fantasy. Awesome way to play daily fantasy sports It's with a twist. It's with prop bets. Uh, they have NFL. They have PGA now. They have NHL, NBA, all the good stuff. They have NA- NFL preseason. You name it, they got it. MLB. So go check it out, Thrive Fantasy. When you make your first deposit of $10 or more and use promo code uh, SPORTSDEGENS, you get a free $10 into your account. So go to Thrive Fantasy. Promo code SPORTSDEGENS for a free $10. Now, without further ado, welcome to the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing the 2019 Tour Championship. Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Kane is in the building. Yeah. It's all right, Already, The show goes on all night till um. the morning.
0: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast. This is the finale of the 2018-2019 PGA Tour season, the Tour Championship. It's going to be a fun one and a weird one in order to break it all down. My co-host, as always, you can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how we doing, man?
1: Doing well, dude. How are you?
0: Not too bad. Not too bad. Um just disappointed that I didn't get to play any golf this weekend. Pretty sure you got to, to bang it around a bit. How was the uh, the the uh, birthday weekend?
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It was okay. I, I man, I, I played the worst. I played all summer long yesterday.
0: Well, you can't win every week.
1: Well, it wasn't like it was just when I went out and play with some some friends or whatever. And but yeah. I got some new golf shoes. I don't know if that was it or not.
0: Could have been it. Could have been it. Blame, blame, the, blame the uh, the tools. That's what good. I'm
1: blaming for now. But yeah, Scott. the the week before I go to Sweetens, I'm I'm playing the uh, the worst golf of the of my of my summer. So that's great.
0: Never fails, right? Never yeah. fails when, when when your your most exciting moment comes up. You're playing shit golf. Never fails, right? Um, but that's that's the way life goes, and the PGA Tour Bros will tell you all about it because we see it week in week out. We talk about it. How could these guys be so bad after doing this so good? And it's golf, yeah. golf in a nutshell. So let's it recap um, the BMW Championship real quick before we get into Eastlake and the craziness that will be Eastlake. Um, JT gets it done, first win in like a year and a half, almost two years. He played really, really well, lit the course up, set a course record of the 61, I believe. You had Hideki going 63 twice with a 73 in the middle of it. If he is, has a half-decent day on Saturday. He might win the damn thing. Cantlay was awesome. I got to watch a lot on Sunday. I don't, I don't think you did, but um, watching JT and, and Cantlay go back to back, back and forth, it felt like an awesome fight. Like when a guy missed a putt, you saw the reaction on one of their faces when they made a putt. It was pretty sweet. It was good stuff. A lot of good golf out there. A lot of really good golf. Do you have any takeaways from the BMW?
1: Main um, JT. I mean, it was, uh, I guess he was trending that direction. I You know, it's, mentioned people chasing his strokes gained approach, uh, numbers last week. And, you know, it kind of finally came to fruition there for those guys. Uh, didn't have any of them on DK. So it was not a good week at 30% JT ownership. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really expected that course to play a little bit tougher. Um, I know it was wet and everything. Uh, but like, that's just one of those courses now that even though they've lengthened it, the guy still just, did you see some of the shots like that Rory and, Cut and and the rest was, of it. Yeah, just it blast ridiculous. right over top of the dog leg. Yeah. Just don't even give a shit about the dog leg. You know, turn a four hundred and fifty yard par four into a three hundred and fifty yard par four. Yep. Um, so yeah, I was surprised. I mean, even though you know Tiger had shot eighteen under there previously, um, that was a long time ago, but there's a lot of low numbers, dude. And like the winning scores on DraftKings, like those are up in the seven hundreds. That's that's insane quite insane, but JT, man, he had just an incredible stretch on uh, on Saturday uh, where he made a par out of the water and then hauled out for eagle and then threw a, just an absolute dart wow. into 17 and then drilled that putt, um, shoot 11 under. The, I think the course record was broken like three, three or four times. times. Yeah,
0: Coke <laughs> Kokrak on Thursday, Hideki on Friday, JT on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and then Hideki backs it up again, man. As a, like you said, he shot 63 on Sunday to come and improve himself ten shots. That's just mm-hmm. wild to me. Yeah,
0: he, yeah, it was crazy. Hideki entered Sunday on the bubble, if not out of the top thirty. It's. And I thought that was crazy. I was talking with guys on Twitter about it. I never really paid that close attention because Hideki was just making cut after cut. Seemed like he was top twenty in it a lot. I figured he'd be coasting into the top thirty, and it wasn't even close. Like he had to play his ass off on Sunday just to get in there. It was. That's why it was fun to watch because there was guys making putts. You can see the reliefs on it because they all knew where they were. Uh, Poston played great golf. He was birdie and things towards the end, and then he missed a, a putt on eighteen, or he bogeyed seventeen. One of the two, and you can see the look on his face. And he's like, oh, and he finished like thirty first. Like he knew exactly what happened. It, it was pretty pretty cool watching him. Uh, Lucas Glover played his ass off. He almost blew it at the end. A double and a, and a and a regular bogey on sixteen and seventeen, but then it was pretty good after the round. They asked. Well, you know, it's been about ten years since you've been to East Lake. You, you've gone through some trials and tribulation. How do you feel? He's all, I worked my ass off for this one. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that up boy, that up boy.
1: Cochrane birdie the last hole to get in too. Yep,
0: yeah, he made like a 12, 15 foot or something. Yeah, it was. There was some good stuff going on towards the end. There's some good drama. Which
1: is the only time that a FedEx Cup update matters.
0: Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I guess that's the bright side of the new format. We don't have any updates. This is how it's going to be. Yeah,
1: uh, there will be no updates this week.
0: Yep, no updates at all. It'll be pretty, pretty crazy. But yeah, no El Tigre, no Phil. Did you hear about Phil and Cantley's? Uh, or no, Phil and Poston's hotel catching fire on Sunday. I did. And, I saw and they that. Barely alert. got to the course. It's pretty yeah. good stuff. Yeah,
1: I saw the I saw the Phil tweet.
0: Yeah, Poston said he uh, literally just grabbed the clothes he needed and he walked from his hotel to the course. Went through the main like general mission gates and then had a guy in a golf cart drive him to the clubhouse. Oh shit! Oh wow. yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. I was like, Jesus Christ! But uh, yeah, wild times. Good weekend. Uh, JT was it was interesting because he was all over the place on Sunday off the tee, but once he got his approach game locked in in his short game, he was he has money. But he almost went completely over a fence into the parking lot on one hole. It was it was pretty wild. Pretty wild stuff. He had to hit one left handed to get out of a bush after that. But uh, yeah, still won the tournament. But all right, we head to the tour championship, 30 golfers this week, Jesse, a really weird format that we'll talk about shortly, but before we do, why don't you give us some past event history?
1: Yeah, the tour championship, uh, it's been played at East Lake. Do you know how long it's been played at East Lake?
0: Quite a while the last time I heard yeah. I don't know the exact number. It's been a while though.
1: Um, long time. So, but, but at least since 2007, when I think when the FedEx cup first started or whatever, um. So uh, last year, Tiger Woods was the champion, um, and Justin Rose was the Facts Cup champion. So that's why we started this weird thing uh, where basically, you know, whoever wins this tournament wins the Facts Cup. I um, think There was just too many years of confusion. Xander won it in 2017. Rory won it in 2016. Jordan Spieth was the 2015 champion. Billy Horschel. Was the 2014 champion? Have you seen the purse um,
0: for this tournament? It's asinine.
1: (laughs) Fifteen million to the winner.
0: The total. The total purse is thirty million. Last place gets almost four hundred thousand. Do
1: you think? But do you think DraftKings had a hand in helping them to uh, divvy up the money?
0: Based on their pricing?
1: <laughs> no, just based on the fact that they always have these top heavy GPPs.
0: Oh, I got you now. <laughs> it would make sense. It would make sense. 15 million Definitely
1: to first, work. 5 million to second.
0: I think that's the I think essence
1: you, of a DK GPP.
0: Pretty much. I think if you finish top five, you at least get a million plus. But yes, the ratio of first to the next position is quite the, uh, the drop off. You are correct. It does feel like the millionaire in any sport on DraftKings.
1: Right. Right, the millionaire maker.
0: Yeah. But But all right, let's talk about East Lake Golf Club. You mentioned it, it's been played there for quite some time now. A lot of course history we'll have here. And you're gonna hear the same rundown. It's a Donald Ross design. It's what we've we've seen it quite a few times towards the uh, the end of the season here. And Donald Ross is all about shot making. He likes to make things difficult. He likes to make the greens and around the greens complicated. Uh he likes to, to, to flirt with your imagination a little bit, not quite like Pete died. but he likes to play with you undulating greens quick greens uh, it's a par 70 70 350 yards um, pretty much everything you read these are some of the narrowest fairways on the PGA tour and they're usually really firm now we'll have to wait and see there's like 50 to 60 percent chances of rain every day during the tournament there's scattered showers so it might not even hit but you'd imagine that would nice that would soften up the fairways nicely and this turns into a mess because all the reports were is if you if, if you can get your driver accurately, you're, or even a three wood or a driving iron, you're hitting wedges into a lot of these greens. It's all about accuracy because you'll go straight into this rough, and if you're in the rough, it's very penal. It's like a less than fifty percent greens regulation from the rough. It's very, very complicated. Um, you don't, you don't want to be there. You want to be in the fairway I get, and again. And I mentioned kind of smaller than average greens, a lot of false fronts, a lot of drop offs on the greens. So you want to hit the right parts of the greens and then they're going to be fast they're going to be 12 at least 12 and a half to 13 on the stem and like all Donald Ross designs pretty undulated. the Bermuda grass greens so it's going to be an interesting task like you mentioned before scoring you can get in the 7s the 7s the 13s based on uh, champions but if the if the guys aren't accurate it can get interesting that's why JT has his big lead but at the same time you know a couple the way he was hitting his driver on Sunday if he does that he could be in some serious trouble and drop off real real quick so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Like Brooks and uh, Woodland loved it because they're accurate. Other guys, it can eat your lunch at times. But it, with a no-cut event, you never know. But uh, that's kind of the gist of it uh, without getting, you know, too more complicated than people really give the rats we hearing about. Um, a couple of the things we wanted to talk about before we get into DraftKings pricing. For those that for some reason don't know but are listening to the podcast, would be very strange of you. The, the format is Justin Thomas starts out at 10 under, and we'll probably repeat these all throughout it. But uh, can'tley eight, Brooks, seven, and it goes all the way down to uh, DeChambeau and below or even par. But the reason I mentioned it up is their salary-wise on DraftKings makes sense for that reason because JT starts out with 30 DraftKings points because technically he's in first place already at minus 10. Can'tley will start out with 20, Brooks, 18, so on and so forth, all the way down to the even par guys with, at three, but don't worry, because you know if Cantley suddenly overtops Thomas, they'll switch. So the points don't stay at thirty. It's just how you'll start out. If that makes sense, do you have anything on that, Jesse?
1: Yeah, just I mean, if you play Sunday Showdown, that's the way to kind of there you go compare it to um, it's a four day Sunday Showdown, right? And but but birdies and bogeys and pars are all all worth the normal stuff. It's not worth the showdown amount. Uh, but yeah, so. You know, anytime you play those showdown contests on Sunday, you, when you start it, you notice that, you know, there's you're not starting out everybody equal. So that's the way to to kind of think about it. But there can be some changes, like you said. So,
0: yeah, it's going to get really interesting to see how it all plays out. But I posted in the Slack chat, I post the where they're all starting, what numbers they started at, what fantasy numbers they start at, with their drafting's pricing, that whole picture is in the Slack chat. If you want to come check it out, just ask us. It's right there. We'll probably tweet it out later from the handle as well, but it's going to be a real interesting week. I guess I was going to save the strategy for later. We can talk about it now before we get into the pricing. How are you, you mentioned Sunday showdown. How are you approaching this, Jesse?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like there's the, for me anyway, in my mind, um, there's not the same pressure on the guys on the back end, so the the guys who are starting even par, even one or two under par, as there are on the guys up top. Justin Thomas, Cantlay, Brooks. Um, so, like my strategy this week is to just attack guys who who are aggressive and can make birdies and um, can make them in bunches and and hopefully climb that leaderboard and uh, and and over you know overpay their price. So that's what I'm looking at, like guys who have been hitting it close, using proximity stats, ops gain stat. Um, on on Fancy Golf National, birdie or better, is going to be heavily weighted this week for me too. I mean, I I know that typically this this course doesn't give up a whole heck of a lot because, like you said a minute ago, you know your your score is it's not really getting them into the mid teens very often. Um, so, but that th- those guys from behind, they know they know they have to attack it, and they don't have the pressure on them like they can go out Thursday, Friday, and just fire at pins. Um and and you know play aggressively and see what happens and you know that could burn them um but they're guaranteed to make like three hundred and fifty k so you know it's not that bad of a week even no. if it's DFL you know
0: and and I like what you're saying there and I'll let you keep going but I think there's something to it with those guys towards the bottom there's some new names down there like Cochrane's never been here you got Connors you got a lot you got some of these guys that have never been here I've never seen a four hundred thousand dollar paycheck like. And the idea if, you know, they can go shoot out the rear end and maybe finish seven or eight under and end up getting, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. That's like life changing for these guys compared to well, I'm not crazy, yeah. but like they, they have the, the nuts to go for it, where I'm not saying like Casey and those guys don't care as much, but they don't need it as much. Hell, Casey, he probably would have had a better standing if he had showed up at the first FedEx event. He didn't show up to it. So it, the, I'm not saying that's going to matter, but that's just one way to look at it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that is, you know, necessarily life changing money for the, for these guys, but because like, almost everybody in here is a past winner and they, they, they're all set. Uh, But my my thought process is those guys who are way back, they just know that like it's go for broke kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So, you know, worst case scenario, they still cash a $350,000 check and they move on to next year. But if they, can make some putts if they fire at pins, you know, there's just basically a chance to just only go up. Uh, yeah. so that's kind of how I'm looking at it now. We'll talk about kind of those guys up top and exactly how I, I, in my mind, see this playing out. But
0: yeah, the, the yeah the only other thing I kind of see, is like the guys down below, I'm looking at guys that are just going to be aggressive. Like we'll talk about them, Sun Jay and those guys, we know that just can go birdie crazy mm-hmm. and then also go freaking yeah. bogey crazy. But Right. They, they have that ability to just go bananas out there. Um, but yeah, up top, it's more to kind of like, then you guys start thinking, who can I actually come from behind and win these things? And that's kind of where my head's at on these. And that'll kind of help me d- differentiate. And You know, anything can happen. I could be totally wrong. And the guys I don't like could, you know, win the darn golf tournament. It's very possible. But I'm going to try to narrow it down the best I can and pray they're not chalky as hell. But we'll wait and see on that. So let's get at it then. We'll start 10K and above. JT coming in at 10 under par. Thirty draftings points, fifteen thousand five hundred dollars. You got Cantley at twelve four, Brooks at twelve two, Rory at ten six, Reed at ten two. So your top five in the FedEx Cup points. How are you attacking this top ten range, Jesse?
1: Well, I think that this could be like the most heavily owned golfer ever in JT. Um, at least that's the way I like. I view it. Like your most of your people are going to look at him being in the lead automatically and at least have one or two or, you know, depending on how obviously how many lineups you play, um, uh, it's all relative, but are going to play Justin Thomas. Uh, he's playing really well. Obviously he played lights out last week. Um, he's been playing good. Uh, the, the issue of course is the $15,500 price tag, but he's starting out with a two shot lead. So I see him being really, really, really high owned. Um, for that reason, you know, my mind and this has not worked out the best for me this year but like I just automatically kind of cross him off and will avoid him and skip down. I I, I like myself I like going down to Rory um at 106 because uh you can fit in some of those guys way down the list that we'll talk about here in a minute and still plug in some other guys who have a chance to climb up the points ladder there and get more finishing position points. Um, you will, I do think you will have to have the winner this week in order to even min cash, uh, because these guys will be high on last, last year, there was six dudes or five guys, basically 30% or above. Um, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine more above 20%. So, you know, I mean, that's basically what 14 out of 16 guys above 20% that's I mean, half the field uh you're gonna have to have the winner um in order to even min cash, so you know I mean looking at j t can't lay brooks you, you know I see why you would play those. I just am kind of looking at Rory and saying, you know past champion here, playing well, making a lot of birdies um he's in my opinion doesn't have the pressure that those top three guys do on him, so I could see him you know coming out and and going low so that's that's kind of where my mind is focusing at this point he's starting five shots behind
0: yeah i i like rory he's one of the two which is
1: odd that that he is higher priced than reed who's starting starting four shots behind
0: that is odd that is odd you think they would have stayed down the list but yeah i didn't realize that yeah i guess i guess they factored in probably who has the better chance to win out of the two on, on the I, odds makers platform.
1: I would say odds makers and then course history yeah. too. I mean, obviously
0: Rory being a past champion here and Reed. Yeah. Cause, cause, really Rory, cause Rory, Rory's eight to one and reads 14 to one.
1: Which, yeah. And he gets a shot. gets a shot late on him. so
0: yeah, He's giving them basically. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Uh, we yeah. really think about it, but this whole week is going to be crazy. It's a learning experience for everybody. Yeah, it's um, going to be I mean, fun. Yeah. That's what we were talking about before. And like, as, as much as people want to dog it, and I've probably said some negative things about it before too, I think there's an element of fun because now it's almost like you're starting on Sunday, but then you get three extra rounds after it. Because it's like starting any tournament after round one where some guy goes shoots 500 and guys shoot 400, 300. What's the difference in reality? Like, sure, you got a head start for one round, but now you're playing four rounds of golf. Let's see what happens. Like, yeah. let's go. Any, right. Anything can happen. Like, you were just talking about how your game was off. How many times have you played like a three a three-day tournament and you've always had that one really bad round and you go, Oh shit, I gotta figure it out again? Happens yeah. all the time. Like, right. We just talk about we just talked about Hideki going 63 about 63 going So like this could get fun. When weather gets involved, I think it'll be a lot better than people think. And the part I do like is it gives us an exact winner. Unlike years past, you could win this event and still not win the whole thing. It was really weird. This uh, makes it pretty interesting. But uh, for me up top, it's I do like Rory a ton. You mentioned past champion. He's also finished 7th, 16th, 2nd, 10th at this course. Plays it very well, coming in in great form ever since the, uh, the open debacle. The other guy I do like, I know he's 12 too, but give me Brooks Kepka. If there's anybody that can just go torch a field and not give a crap about the environment around him and is actually pretty darn accurate off the tee for a big boy hitter, um, it's Brooks Kepka. So those are the two guys I like quite a bit. Uh, those are the two that I think can catch JT, barring JT like, staying hot. Now if JT falls back, obviously – all hell can break loose but um if jt keeps playing well i like brooks or like i like rory those are the two guys i'll be focusing most of my attention on if i go up top uh in this range
1: i can't believe you didn't even mention big game hunter
0: he's well that's what he is like i know that's uh, what i'm saying
1: 15 $15 million million. (laughs) (laughs) dollars
0: you mentioned the drop down to second place you think did you see his tweet over the weekend no Oh, okay, so some guy, some guy tweets him because he had like that bad Friday, Saturday. He shot five under Sunday, finished twenty fourth. Some guy tweets him like, "You cost me a dollar or five dollars, whatever so I bet on you to win my, my fantasy lineups." Goes on his whole thing about him, and and the guy goes, now "I'm at the drive," or he's all, "What drives What drives you to even come play at these events?" And all Brooks does in his response, "Brinks truck."
1: <laughs> it was freaking amazing. I'm like,
0: <laughs> I tell you, I said it since I saw him live at the Open. What this guy oozes in like confidence and just F you, I am a humongous fan. It's just amazing what he does. Yeah. Um, and he, he's not going to be faced by anything that takes place out there. Where some of these right. guys that we'll talk about in a little bit might shake in their boots a little bit. Brooks is literally going to be showing up maybe five minutes before that first tea time and really ready to rock and roll. So uh, I'm all for it at 12 2. Big game Hunter, Brooks kept going. All right, nine k range. You got John Rom at ninety nine, Webb at ninety seven, Xander at ninety five, Hideki at ninety three, and Cooch at ninety one. Very interesting range, as you'd expect in the top thirty field. What are you doing with this one?
1: Uh, I mean, I I would start with Rom. I I do think he will be decently popular, Um, but I mean, obviously he's playing really well. You know, he's played here twice, 11th, 7th, the last two years. Uh, Has not finished outside the top 10, which is not going to be that difficult this week to finish. I mean, you would think odds are he's going to finish inside the top 10. Uh, Hasn't finished outside the top 10 since the the Open Championship. He finished 11th there. So he has one top 10 in his last – or one finished outside the top 10 in his last seven starts. Pretty incredible. Missed two cuts on the tour this year, uh, back in May basically, and had two top tens before that. I mean, the dude is, is just in fuego at this point. Um, one guy who I think is interesting right below him is Webb. He's yeah. played this golf course a ton, finished fourth here last year. He's got another fourth place to finish back in, back in 13. Um, they're both starting at four under par. So you know, there's a little bit of salary relief there with Webb. Uh, he's playing, obviously, really, really good golf at this point, too. The other thing that kind of uh, leads me towards him is, you know, he's not getting a whole heck of a lot of buzz. It's early, I know, on Fan Share. Um, they've done this really cool thing where they've integrated their stuff into Fancy Labs, which makes things uh, easier for me to kind of digest and he's not getting nearly the buzz kind of Xander is and 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 Rom is at this point like I said super early which Monday so things will change but those would be the two guys that I'd be targeting at, at this point
0: Yeah for me you hit on Rom I the way I I felt about Brooks and Rory being able to come back and win a tournament and like just their form right now John Rom might be in even better form than those guys like the consistency he's putting in time and time again I still think those two guys are better golfers than John Rom but just consistent Championship level golf, John Rahm is. is it's hard to, to beat what he's doing out there right now. He's finished eleventh and seventh here, like you said before. He's coming in fifth, third, seventh, eleventh, first, third at his last six. Like, that's just ridiculous. And those are in some pretty elite fields. So he's not just playing, you know, some European tour where no one's playing. Like he's legit getting it done. So I'm a big fan of that. He can. Uh, he's a guy that can get birdies and bunches too if he's on. So I, I don't mind John Rahm, especially in a no cut event. He seems to be a little less kind of when he screws up in no cut events, I think he even realizes he has four days to fix this. So, you know, he doesn't get as high strung it looks like in those four games, at least what I've noticed on TV. So, so also at 99 a lot. Uh, Xander, I'm a big fan of. I jumped back on him this past week, finished 19th. Like he kind of just faded over the weekend. He really had it going early on. Like you mentioned, he's a defending champion. Two years ago, he won the championship. Finished seventh here last year. Really plays well at this course. If he's chalky, obviously, you kind of want to avoid the chalk here. At the same time, the guy, the course history is hard to ignore. And then the third guy, if we're talking accuracy off the tee and we're talking approach game, we're talking Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, he finished third last week, like we talked about. He's finished fourth here last year, 26, 5th, 12th, 22nd. So two top fives in the last two of the last three years of this tournament at uh, this golf course. Um, there's no one more. There's not many more guys that can play with the iron game the way he can, the approach game. He can. It's always the flat stick with him, and he was putting it really well last weekend. So um, Hideki Matsuyama at 93 is another guy I don't mind there. So if you want to take Xander out of the mix, don't be wrong. And and Hideki, that's where I'll be focusing my attentions there. Um, 8K range. This one will be really fun. Uh, You got a red-hot Tony Finau at 8,800. Ricky Fowler at 86. DJ Dustin Johnson, folks. $8,400 for the people that have never played golf before. Like what the heck is this? But yeah, they don't know the format. Scott at 82 woodland at 8,000. There's a little, some interesting arguments to be made here, Jesse, what are you looking at?
1: Um, I would start with, with Finau. He's, he's playing, like you said, very well. He, he had a great showing last week, uh, finished fourth, all four rounds under, under 70, uh, which, you know, wasn't super difficult at that golf course, but, uh, He's played uh, East like twice, finished 15th here last year, seventh the year before that. So I think he's fine. I, I do kind of think that people will jump back on him, especially in your kind of high dollar contest. He's, he tends to be pretty popular, but um, I don't mind fee now. The other guy would be Adam Scott for me at $8,200. His stats line up really well as far as like he's hitting it really close. He's got the opportunities. He's actually making some a lot of birdies. Um, his approach game is just on point at this point. So I I'll, I'll, I'll like him quite a bit at $8,200. Uh, he is starting at what? What's he starting Adam
0: at? Adam Scott. I got him right here. Uh, 300. At 300, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Him and Finau both starting at 300 par. So he finished – he hasn't played here since 16, but he finished eighth that year, ninth the year before that. Um, Has another top 10. Mixed in there, so at eighty two hundred bucks, give me him uh, and and quite a bit of him. Hopefully, he'll bring the the broom putter. Uh, so for me, in this range, it's Finao and Scott.
0: Yeah, we're pretty much on the same page here. I watched a lot of golf on Sunday, and that final grouping of Cantlay, JT, and Finau was fun to watch because it was like the Cantlay and JT show, but Finao was just pepper. Like he came on on the back nine real strong. But he was hitting some really good golf shots, very consistent, very accurate. Uh, 15th and 7th here his last two years, a 3rd and a 4th and 2 of his last four events on tour. I really like the form he's coming in on. Another guy in a no-cut event can just go birdie crazy. So he's a guy I like a lot. Adam Scott, I'm a big fan of. He's one of those guys, like, we talk about upper echelon talent that's going to be priced down this week. People might flock to DJing company, but I love me some Adam Scott. Coming in just in great form, picks the tournaments he wants to play in. He has three top tens of this golf course, a ninth and a fifth the last two weeks on tour, playing phenomenal golf. Like if anybody can make a run from, you know, starting seven shots back to maybe at least top five in this bad boy, Adam Scott's definitely in the mix there. So I like him at 8200 bucks. And then last but not least, he showed some signs of life last week, but then fell apart on Sunday again. He's finished 11th, 19th, 10th, and 9th. The last four times he's played here is Gary Woodland at 8,000. Uh he had a huge Saturday, but then Sunday kind of disappeared again. I wouldn't mind giving him a look um at eight at eight thousand if you need a, a little bit of salary with some upside and a no-cut event. All right, seven K range. You got Fleetwood at seventy seven, Casey at seventy-five, Sneds at seventy three, and answer at seventy-one. Personally, Jesse, this is not a very sexy range for me, but I'm I don't even know if I'll be here, but maybe that might be a consensus argument and We might need to be here. So, who are you looking at in the seven K range?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, if I'm if I'm in this range and I've got seventy less than eight thousand left or whatever, I, you know, I'm probably looking at Tommy Fleetwood more than anybody else, um, just for the pure ball striking standpoint. Um, finished eleventh here last year and his only appearance, and he's coming off the eleventh place finish last week. Uh, so that's who I would be leaning towards. But again, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not super. High on any of these guys, um and and I really will go. I think more stars and scrubs yep. this week than you know even a normal week. So I don't I don't know if I'll be here, but if it is, then Tommy Fleetwood's the guy for me.
0: Yeah, Fleet's a guy that you, uh, you've seen go low before, but for me, if I have to go anywhere here, and I can't I, at this point in time, I don't want to. But it'd be Paul Casey. He has phenomenal course history. Not coming in the greatest form, you know, twenty fourth last week, thirteenth a couple weeks ago. But he finished eleventh year last year, then a fifth, a fourth, a fifth. Took didn't play it for four years, and then in 2010 finished fourth. So that's four top fives out of five tournaments here for Paul Casey. So he can uh, he can score at this golf course. Someone to keep an eye on. The other guy, if I'm in this range, it's probably because I want you know some some ownership to begin with. So I wouldn't mind looking at Abraham answer at seventy one hundred bucks. I don't think anyone's going to own him this week, um, especially in this range. Because I think stars and scrubs will be. Maybe more popular because I agree. I want to be in. The, I'd rather be in the six and five k range than play Answer at seventy one. But Answer is starting out four under par. That's ahead of uh, you know Scott and company we were just talking about. So Answer at four under, go low a couple days, seventy one hundred bucks. I don't hate him if I have to go in this range. Six thousand dollars. Got Justin Rose at sixty nine, kids at sixty six, Leishman at sixty three, and Corey Connors at sixty one. I can't wait to see how chalky Corey Connors is. And I kind of hate it because I really like him as well. What do you like in the $6,000 range?
1: Yeah, I, I like Connors too. I, I mean, if he is chalky, obviously, I, I would rather not. Um, I feel like Justin Rose will be super chalked though To it, You think 59. so? People just see his yeah. name
0: and go, I got a point. Well, look
1: at his course history. Yeah, course history is just absolutely phenomenal. Fourth, 10th, 2nd, 4th, 6th, 2nd, 20th. That's <laughs> um, and that's basically every year since – 11 minus 2016 so uh he's obviously he's been around here quite a few times he you know he's coming off a 50 second finish last week he did not play very well uh but before that 10th and 11th um i mean if if i want to pivot off somebody i would rather go kisner um i actually jumped on him last week just kind of late because i felt like the course would set up well for him um and we uh i won and done him too and Got a top ten out of it. Uh he finished ninth last week, twelfth the week before that, twenty-seventh week before that, thirtieth week before that. So, you know, I, I I like Kisner. He's also a southern dude. You know, we're in Georgia here. Um he's starting two under par. Rose is also starting two under par. Uh kind of odd that Sneds is priced above those two guys. And he's also starting at two under par. Um, and he's actually quite a bit. I know he's a past champion here, but that was a long time ago. Um Snid's at 73. These two guys are at 69 and 66. So Kevin Kisner is the pivot for me off of Rose. Uh if you don't want to play a chalky Rose, I I just I feel like Rose might be yeah. 40% plus owned.
0: I wouldn't be shocked. And that's my problem in the 6K range right now. Like Rose and Connors are my two dudes. If they're chalky, it's gonna be tough. Like you can have a little chalk in your lineup, but like because Connors, I just I love his form right now. I love his approach game, I love his iron game. He's been just money week in and week out right now. 7th, 21st, 22nd, 27th. It's in pretty good fields. I I like where his head's at. He's never played here before. He starts at one under. 6,100 bucks opens up a lot for that lineup. So, you know, if he's stupid chalky, I'll probably pivot. But for now, I like him a lot down here. Rose is a great play. I'm not playing chalky Rose, though. I'd rather move around elsewhere. But for now, he's on my list for some reason if he's not. I like the Kisner call. I'm a big fan of Kisner. I've been on him a lot down the stretch here. He likes these kind of – I even I have to double-check. I think he does really well on Donald Ross' courses. I forgot to do the fan chair report. I haven't pulled up, so I'll do some fan chair stuff after we're all done before we do our final talk stuff. But um, I do like that Kisner pivot. That's a pretty good call there by you. All right, 5K. There's actually – this might be our largest group. Uh, you got M at 59, Usti at 57, Bryson D. DeChambeau at 55. He almost got out of the top 30 he played so bad over the weekend. Uh, Coke <laughs> rack at 53 Glover at 52 Revy at 51 and how at 5,000 how funny would it be because D. is one of the even par guys if they put him in the first group when he gets to slow the whole tournament down
1: <laughs> first of all did you see did you see his little like rebuttal Instagram video he put out
0: I think I missed it. I saw a lot of the stuff earlier but I think I missed it I didn't see an Instagram thing
1: well I mean he basically was like saying you know I play I play fast and you know more or less fuck all the haters right and yeah, then he this goes this out this and plays like, plays like, like just, just absolute dog shit. Oh, that was in a statement. Like that was yeah. in that was in the post round interview that he that he had done the week prior. But then he puts this video out b- before the tournament started, and I think it was during the program, and uh, then went out and just absolutely played like shit. I mean, I don't know. I I I'm, I won't be on him. Um, give me all the guys co cracking below. Um, and, and the reason is it's because if you play any of these four guys, Kokrak, Glover, Revi, or um, not a, I'm not huge on Revi, but, I mean, I think he's totally playable at 5,100. But Kokrak especially, if you plug these guys in, that's a lot of salary relief. You can do a lot more up top. Um, it's the ultimate stars and scrubs type of thing. Kokrak especially, I mean, I just love the way he's playing yeah. at this point. Dude's making birdies, making putts, finally. Um, again, these guys down here – in this range are going to have zero pressure on them. They're not expected to win. Um, They can go out and basically, you know, play pretty freely and uh, and just try to, you know, try to climb the leaderboard day by day by day, see what happens. You know, they're guaranteed a shit ton of money um, for us average people. Uh, And then the opportunity to just basically go up. Um, So I'm a big fan of these guys. Glover's playing well enough. And then Hal, you know, at five thousand yeah. dollars, like bare minimum. Um, okay. Uh, he hasn't played here since two thousand eleven. He finished sixth in twenty eleven. Um, you know, finished thirty seventh last week, missed the cut the Northern Trust, but he's here. So, you know, give I, I'm more than willing to take the bottom price guy in this field and give myself all kinds of different options up top. So that's what uh that's where I'll be I'll be leaning, especially Kokrak and Hal. Those would be my two favorite plays down here. I'd, Totally fine with Glover. Like I said, if you want to put Revie in there, I think Revie will be one of the lowest on probably on the whole entire slate.
0: Yeah, the three guys I like a lot is Sunjay. I talked about him earlier. His birdie making ability in a four round event is huge. Coming in off an 11th to 38th and a sixth in his last three, so I, I like him quite a bit. And then Kokrak and Glover, my other two guys. Kokrak never won a tournament before. First time in the finals. Gets to, he last week got him into his first ever Masters. Like he's jacked up. His his interview was pretty pumped on this. And he can score in bunches. And he is I his approach game is pretty money. Like you said, if he's putting he's good. 19th, 12th, and 6th in the three FedEx in his last three tournaments. So there's a lot to like there with Kokrak. And then Glover, same thing. This dude's having like a career renaissance and he wants to keep it going. Finished 10th here when he played back here in 09. Finished seventh last weekend to get into this cha cha. I like those guys a lot. Reeve, I don't hate. I don't mind it. He's not on my near the top of my list. But for me, it's him. It's Kokrak, it's Glover down here. And I don't know if I want to share the lineup I just made, but you can have a lot of fun if you play it on here. Like it's oh yeah, I left it opens up money, a shit ton. I left money on the table, and I still don't mind it at all. Like it's yeah, I'm gonna put that one in a tournament for sure. That's, That's the other thing, cool. especially
1: if you're gonna, if you're gonna play JT. Like so, if you if you put JT in a lineup, that automatically leaves you with sixty nine hundred dollars. So I mean, obviously you can go down to Rose, you can get Kisner, um, but if you get these guys down low, just say you put Howell and Kokrak in you're back up to $8,000 left for the last three. Um, and again, like you said, you just mentioned that leaving money on the table is, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of dupes. It's quite possible that the winning lineup is, you know, more than $49,500 in in salary usage. Um, but if you leave more than five hundred on the table, you'll give yourself a better chance to not be duplicated. So, I mean, there's, I've, I've seen different, uh, opinions on that whether that's optimal or not um but the thing is like we don't know the optimal lineup until sunday so you know it very well could be that you know it's it's the full salary or it could be you know forty nine thousand three hundred dollars who knows
0: and the other thing i'd highly recommend i know we've said it many times talking about tournaments like this i'd stick to no more than three max for me if you wanted 20 max sure but three max single entries is where i'd be staying i I wouldn't get too crazy because then you're gonna get a lot of dupes a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, cause... if
1: you, if you get up in the 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 I think it's 5 bucks this week or something in the biggest GPP on on DK there, so obviously there'll be a shit there'll be a shit ton of lineups that are duplicated on that. Um but even there, I mean you can differentiate yourself and and make yourself a little bit different. I mean, if you're super high on JT and you want to plug him in, I'm not against that at all, but you've got to he's going to be high owned, so you've got to figure out a way to try to make yourself a little bit different. Um, you know, and play some super chalk. I mean, you're not going to avoid chalk this week, This yeah, is not no, going to no. happen. So, um, I mean, last year in this deal, the lowest owned player was it was Patton Kazire, and it was totally different pricing, but he was one percent owned. The The next guy was Aaron Wise at basically eight percent owned. So, I, it's, I, th-
0: I think a good way to go about it is when you were saying a little bit ago, we talked about it is you could almost not even worry about ownership if you wanted to but differentiate by leaving money on the table. Because then your lineup will still be different.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely do that for sure. Like, if there's guys Um, you
0: really want to play, play them. Just make sure you Mm -hmm. differentiate. Differentiate the way you build your lineup maybe more than the players you use, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, it does. You know, it's... There's a lot of different ways to go about this, and this is uh, you know, any any no cut event is very tilting. Um, yes, but especially we only got thirty options. I mean, because
0: yeah, I had three six of six lineups last week, I didn't get much of anything back. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I had all six of sixes. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't have any JT, therefore I didn't have any money. Yeah, I'm exactly. telling you, you're gonna have to have the winner on it. You have week. to
0: have because yeah, I had I had some pretty good lineups. I had like three or four guys in the top ten, but no JT meant. Really no money,
1: yeah, I mean you know if, if you're playing a three max, you know, I'd probably start one with one of the top three um you might you know take Rory instead of one of those guys up top there besides can'tley or brooks or j t whichever one you don't want to play or whatever um and and you know kind of go from there, just make three lineups that way and then fill them in or whatever um but the, you know I mean you gotta think the winner is probably gonna come from somebody who's Four hundred or better um these guys starting ten shots back are just you know it's they're way behind the eight ball,
0: yeah, it's gonna be tough, but uh I just sent you a glimpse of that uh that that lineup that has my attention, but um before we do like a recap of our picks, I'll go to the fan chair stuff don't forget if you want to get the n f l uh season long pass for ninety nine ninety five it ends august thirty first so we highly recommend checking it out. And go there and use pr- promo code always press all one word, to get the season pass or 25% off any package of your choice for golf or football. Guys coming in in good form draft things-wise in the last six events. Uh, Rory, but then Webb comes in second. Lucas Glover, third in this field. Patrick Reed, fourth. Brooks, fifth. John Rahm, sixth. Cantlay, seventh. Rose, eighth. And Justin Thomas, ninth. Um, if we look at the past six events on Bermuda Greens, which we'll be dealing with here, uh, you got Rory. Cooch finishes second, John Rom third, Kisner fourth, Fowler fifth, DJ sixth, Fleetwood, Usi, Rose, and Thomas. So some names correlate, some a little different, but kind of look at some of the guys we liked. And then if you look at the last six events on par 70 courses between 7200 and 7400 yards, aka where we're playing this week. You got DJ, Brooks, JT, Rose, Rory, um, Rom, Finao, Sneds finds the list, and then Matsuyama. So A lot of bombers enjoy that kind of format. And then if you want to bear with me real quick, I'll just do a Donald Ross design. We'll just do all Donald Rosses. I won't try to get too cute with the certain distances. But um, uh, thanks, FanShare, for letting me log back in. I appreciate it. Um, Give me two seconds here. And I will set this one up again. Just do that. Do Donald Ross. See, it's super easy to use FanShare, guys. Apply filter, and voila. In this event, (laughs) Simpson. Jason Kokrak finishes second, less than a half a DK point behind Webb Simpson. The last six Donald Ross courses, let's keep that in mind. Xander is third, Sun J M is fourth, CH3 is fifth, Rory sixth, Paul Casey seventh, JT eighth, Scott nine, Rose tenth. So, by no means are these end all be alls, but when Jesse and I are talking about players, how to differentiate, you know, guys' current form, guys have feels for golf courses. When I see certain things that kind of stand out to help me decide between player A and player B, that's good stuff. And there's some of those low price guys that really like playing at these kind of golf courses. So something to keep in mind there. All right, let's recap it real quick. Give me your top guy, 10K and above, Jesse.
1: I'll say Rory.
0: I'll go Brooks. I'll go with the uh, the, the big game hunter. Uh, top guy in the 9K range. Rom. Yeah, it's wrong for me too. I I can't I've been on that trade. He's playing too good. Like literally, if 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 Brooks wasn't doing his thing, I think people would paid more attention to what Rom's been doing. He's just not finishing, but he's been crazy good. He's been, Rom's doing the Fino of last year almost. Yeah. Um who's your top guy in the eight K range?
1: Uh Adam Scott.
0: I like the Scott call a lot. I'll differentiate with Final, but uh, Scott calls that's really good. Uh 7K, give me one. Fleetwood. I'll go uh Ugh, that sucks. I hate this range. I'll go. I'm not even a guy talk about. I'll go Sneds now. I'm gonna go Sneds. I, I don't even want to be in this range. Six uh, K. Give me one guy.
1: Looks like Kisner.
0: I'll go Connors, but I like your kiss call. And then five K range, one guy.
1: Hundred percent Kocrack.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to like him more and more since he used Kocrack. I'll use Sunjay. I like those two quite a bit. Um, all right, if you had to pick a core three at this point in time that you're going to build around, who would it be?
1: um rory uh kokrak and Hal.
0: mine'll be brooks rom and um let's go with i'll go sunjay that'd be my big three for now all right who's your pick to win this craziness
1: (laughs) it's a great question because like
0: jt is 20 or no 2.5 to 1 odds
1: yeah two and a half to one yeah
0: so, Pretty short for a golf you know, tournament. Like you got to get weird if you like, like Adam Scott's thirty to one. If you think he can make the comeback, Rom's fourteen to one. I think that's got some validity to it. I
1: like the Rom call there, man. I, you know, as far as odds go, I, you yeah. know, I, I think he's got the firepower to come back. Um, Adam Scott is thirty to what, one. Yeah, but he's three under. So I mean,
0: seven shots back. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, at seven. That's double the odds. Uh, that I think that's got value as well.
0: Yeah, so some of these are interesting. I think what people that do bet on these, bet live, like after the first round, stuff like that, you might get some really good odds on some guys. Yeah, you might. Like, say Brooks goes two over and he's like five shots back or something, you might get a great number on Brooks Capco for the like the best number you've probably ever seen. What numbers. is he now? He's five 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 and a half to one. <laughs> like, you might at least get like a 10 to one or something. And then you might just want to throw a hammer at something because if anybody can do it, that's your boy. Yeah. but. All right. This was a lot more fun than I expected from a 30 man field because it was different. It wasn't like the hero or any garbage like that. Right. But um, what are your final thoughts here? Because I, I really recommend, I know we say it a lot, people should come in the Slack chat. I think we can have a lot of fun conversations in there. You, well, I, one of us is always around, or other guys help each other. There'll be guys answering questions. Uh, we got Dyer Work in there who's just an animal, like with graphs and all kinds of crap. Like it's awesome. But um, yeah, I highly recommend this is a great week to come in there and hang out with the guys and talks some shot, but what are your final thoughts on this?
1: Um don't <laughs> don't go all in. Uh it, it, this is just so much that could happen this week. It's like I said, you've got to have the winner, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult week to cash, let alone, you know, I mean obviously somebody's gonna make some the money this week on DraftKings, but these these events uh are notoriously difficult to uh to win at um and then we got then we got 2 weeks off man
0: yeah and then we're back to the safeway
1: yeah no it's the greenbrier dude
0: oh greenbrier then the safeway i think
1: yeah so the green so the greenbrier is uh september 12th through the 15th so it's basically 2 weeks from actually i guess it would be 3 weeks yeah so 3 weeks from thursday so we've got 2 weeks off after this uh but we'll we'll do a we won't leave you guys hanging we'll do a recap pod at some point point between
0: yeah, just like last yeah, year, that season, yep. recap. Yep. Yeah, awesome. that was
1: that was a lot of fun. That actually helps yeah. get ready for the next was, season. <laughs> yeah, remembering some of this stuff. Um, so we'll get that in for you guys. And uh, you know, if there's anything else you'd like to hear from us, you know, you can always shout us on Twitter or wherever. We're happy to oblige.
0: Yeah, because we like to talk golf. Period. I think some of the more fun shows we've done or when we've had guests on, like when we talked to uh, you, you know your buddy. That was a ton of fun. Lee, uh, um, yeah. Kevin Price the, was a good time. Kevin Price from the on web.com. I, I do I think we're gonna get him back on. I've been I, I, I keep in to touch him with him. On, yeah. yeah, he's They're he's good. awesome. He's getting he's getting big time now though. So I know I don't he know. is. But he's well, earned it. He's busting his ass out. Oh, hundred like,
1: percent, dude. Did you see some of those videos he made with uh, no laying up there? Um yes. where he that's was talking I'm, about like this is the biggest week of the year in sports. That's why I'm worried
0: that no laying up's taking our guy now. <sighs> Man, well, we I don't, had, blame, him, him dude. Well, I don't like, blame him. not Go
1: find somebody who has more passion, yes, for a, a sport than him. And he's and not, not like, even arrogant the big, or anything. He's, he's just not at all he's, sport. That, but also, like, it's not even the PGA Tour. <laughs> he's talking about the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, this you know, that's is like me he... with
0: baseball following like double A yeah. baseball. That's crazy. <laughs> but, like,
1: but like, and then I, I love but, like feet. times a hundred
0: yeah <laughs> but I, I like his feed like when he's stuck in the airport overnight and they give him like his his hotel problems he's got some of the best stories out we've there, gone like-
1: completely off the radar here but did you see his tweet earlier about that he took a van back and they tried to charge him for a scratch and he had a picture and then they said it wasn't full of gas and he oh, and showed yeah. him <laughs> it's awesome his, his travel stories
0: are are, are amazing
1: is ke- at kevin price p-r-i-s-e i think uh, if anybody uh, still is sitting through
0: this, oh well, they should be because this is what golf talk's all about. Yeah. But I'll, I'll get his Twitter <laughs> handle because it involves a PGA in there. Um, I got it right here. Let me check the good old DMs because he he's busy man. But once in a while, he he answers questions. But there is, at PGA Tour Kevin. Yep, that PGA Tour Kevin. So check him out. We'll get him again this off season and much much more. But yeah, before we keep going off the rails. You can find Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. I'm at BD Trick. and the podcast is at and always press DFS. If you're rating a review on iTunes, we would appreciate it. But this was your 2019 Tour Championship Preview. Catch you guys later. Ever
1: when they would see the sun just remember when they come the show.